0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Mount Rubidoux Seventh-day Adventist Church. Thank you for joining us on our series, Found People, Find People. Our speaker for today is Baron A. Savory. He brings the message entitled, Found. We're starting the first part of a three-part series in Luke 15. And when you get a moment, you can go and you can take some time and read through the stories that are there in Luke 15. Now, there's a first story, there's a second story, there's a third story. We're not going to go in order because I'm going to be doing the second story found in Luke chapter 15. So if you have your Bible, I just invite you to open it up, open up your your phone or your tablet or whatever it is that you have that you carry the Word of God with you. Luke 15, Luke 15, beginning with verse number 8, verse 8, Luke 15 and verse 8. And here's what the Word of God says, reading from the NIV version of the Bible. If you got it, say amen. Amen. If you don't, you can find it on the screen as well. It says this, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins. How many coins did she have? Ten. And loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp? Sweep the house and search carefully... Until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, over one sinner that repents. Let's just bow our heads and let's pray together. Father in heaven, we're grateful that your presence is here with us today. We're grateful for your word, and I pray that as it goes forward, that each and every person that is here that is gathered may receive something that alters and changes their life for the better. We thank you for the work that you're already doing on hearts and the work that you will continue to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Uh, this is just a little personal thing about me, uh, about uh, uh, my life and the way that I, I live it. I, I hate losing things. Am I alone? Uh, I I hate to lose stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, I I loaned someone a pen this morning and I'm worried I'm not going to get it back. (laughs) Uh, 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 I I don't like to lose stuff. I don't don't, don't like to lose things. I'm real particular about that. There's stuff that I'm still looking for and and it's been years that I've been looking for it and I still believe that it just might show up. I don't know about you, but, 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 but all of us, all of us have lost something along the way. Some of us are losing our hair. Come on and say amen. amen. Uh, 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 others, others, others. Uh, uh, maybe if you're if you're one of our Ruby Town kids, you've lost a toy before, and and it was your favorite toy, and you love it. Maybe, maybe you you've lost your phone. Has anybody ever lost their phone before? You lost your phone before. You lose your phone. You feel like you're losing your life. Some of my my teens, I know, one day in Sabbath school, I had them put all of their phones in the middle of the floor. You should have seen the anxiety on their faces. Uh, they were worried that I was going to step on it. Most of all, that they were missing out on something. I, I don't like to lose things. I, I also like to have sets of things. Anybody there like, like to have sets of stuff? Uh, from the time I was a little boy, as a matter of fact, to this day, in a shoebox, I have a full set of 1989 Don Russ baseball cards. I have all of them. I counted them. Uh, they are, and I, I like having full sets of things. Uh, have you ever looked for something and you just couldn't find it? Uh, as a matter of fact, it probably happened to you this week. How many of you all lost something this week? Some of you all last night, you sat down on the couch and you couldn't find the remote. You're looking for it. I wonder why Apple TV makes such a small remote because it falls right in between the cushions and sometimes you just can't find it or you kick it under the couch and then finally, after moving over, you finally find, I don't like to lose stuff. But there's a great joy when you're looking for something and you finally find it. Or oh, sometimes, sometimes it's something small. Sometimes it's something that's that 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 that's minuscule, maybe to everybody else. But then there are other things that are that are huge and they're momentous, and they're, and you're excited and you want to let everyone know it. Some of you all have found the love of your life, and you had a huge wedding, and everybody came. Why? Because you found something. Uh, you want to rejoice and, and 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 you celebrate with that and and it's an a, and it is an exciting thing but, but 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 when you lose something what happens now, just as a bit of context, just as a bit of context, this is, this is Jesus that is speaking here and Jesus is, is sharing with people, but, but it is a very particular reason why he is sharing in Luke 15. You see, Jesus has gotten into some hot water like he usually does because Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's sending out a message to them. He's sending out word to them about the way that he is going to operate, the way that he leads, the way that life with Christ it actually flourishes. He, he is someone that is sharing with the Pharisees. You see, the Pharisees did not like the fact that Jesus liked to hang out with sinners. Uh, You see, because the Pharisees were like, look, you need to get everything together. You need to make sure your life is organized. You need to make sure that everything is in its right place. You have to prove yourself. There are things that you have to do. There are all of these rules and all of these laws. And and as a matter of fact, only those who do those things are welcome in our group. The Pharisees were exclusive in a sense. And Jesus said, look, you can have your exclusive club. I'm going to go where the real people are. Jesus is speaking directly to them because because by default, he says to the Pharisees, there's a whole lot that you have lost because you're keeping people away. Jesus goes this far. This, this is what I love about him is that Jesus doesn't just go and and dap him up and hang out and say hello. What he does is says, hey, look, what are you doing right now? Let's go and have something to eat together so that other people who are around can see me hanging out with you. Oh, that disturbed the Pharisees. Uh, because, 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 you know, they went down to Riverside Plaza and while he was there at Panera Bread hanging out with some folk that were smoking weed the night before and they still smelled like it, they saw Jesus hanging out with them and they said, guess who Jesus is with? He's with the folk that were at the club last night and we know that they were not up to any good at all. And he calls himself this man that knows the Torah, knows the scriptures. And then they go and they're hanging out and they and they walk down and they want to go to great shakes and he finds some other people and their and their dress is a little bit too short and their heels are, are really high and everything like that. It seems as if it's just all gonna gonna fall out. And he says, Hey, what are you doing? Let's go hang out, let's go have a shake and let's have a conversation about life. And then they turn around and say, Look, it looks like Jesus is hanging out with some folk that hang out on corners. Oh, we got a problem with that. As a matter of fact, let's create some distance. And Jesus begins to call them out. And he doesn't just come directly for them. He uses some some stories. And the first story, you're going to hear a little bit about that in a couple of weeks. But the second story he shares is about this lost coin. Now, as you read the story, it seems like, man, you know, as I, as I began to read and study and, and spend some time with this text and allow it to, to, to sink into me, I'm like, man, well, well, you know, she had 10 of them and then she loses just, just one. That's like, that's like 10%. Like, like she should be okay with that. Like 90% is pretty much okay. But then my OCD started kicking in. I was like, well, it's not a complete set though. He says, she has 10 coins and loses one. Now I began to ask questions. I'm like, well, okay, all right, all right, all right, she has 10 of them, she has 10 of them, but, 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 but it's probably easy to just, to just lose a coin until, until I read a little bit deeper that, that these were 10 coins that were on a necklace and they were together as 10 and, and and they were part of of what Jews had in during that day as a as a wedding ring so this is this is literally her wedding ring and and somehow throughout time she loses one you know how we lose things because they become familiar to us and so we begin to take it for granted Oh, oh, oh! you know, you know, you know that brand new thing that you had for a while, that brand new car, and you made sure that you took it to the wash every single week and made sure that you washed it every week. But then about five years later, it's like, well, there's another scratch on it. You can join the other ones. Or then we begin to, it begins to get really common to us, and so, and so, and so then when we, when we take it and we put it in certain places, and then we, 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 we had a special place for it, but because it becomes common to us and familiar to us, we begin to just kind of leave it around. I don't know exactly why or what happened, but I could suppose that, that one day she took it off and she set it down, maybe to do something, or maybe she needed to clean it. I don't know how it happened, but what I do know is that one day she wakes up and she She's in a panic because there were ten there, and now there was only nine. It's kind of like this. There were ten that were on there. She wore around her neck. She lost it. I wonder here in this church... It may be sometimes if people have been around a long time that we become familiar with them and we become common with them, and when they no longer come around, we don't really miss them. I wonder if in church, and, and, and this is really where it hits home for us, Rubino, I wonder. I wonder if times we become content with 90%. We say 90 is good enough. Of course there's some that are gonna gonna go away 90. 90 is good enough. 90 is good. A 90 is a solid A minus. We're good with the solid A minus. It's gone and it's away and, and 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 we're content with that. Because what finding it requires is a lot of work. I know especially for this generation. Young people that are coming up, and we know some of the numbers and some of the statistics and other things like that, that, that they do not value church as they once did. You're aware of this, right? And in some places we're losing. I'm grateful for a church like Rubido that wants to put energy and put time into making sure that we show into our young generations. And we carry it through all the way through from the young all the way through to the seasoned saints of this church. But, But I would suggest to us that if we become comfortable and if we become familiar, that all of a sudden we'll be comfortable with 90%. And guess what? When you're good with 90, then you'll eventually become good with 80. And when you're good with 80, you'll be good with 70. And then all of a sudden... Then it goes off when there's five or there's four. Let me say, well, wait a second. Weren't there ten? And these questions are being asked, not just here in this church, but they're being asked in the NAD offices that are over the whole church that are saying, where are all of our people? We're losing something. We've lost something. The World Church is saying, we're losing something. We've lost something. And I want to say right now, if we're waiting for other people to do the work that we are called to do, we will keep losing. So now is the time for us to step up and start winning. Can you say amen? There are people that are lost in the house. You know, I've been a Christian long enough to know that it's frustrating to lose something on the outside. Maybe you left it at at your job, or maybe you left it when you went out, or maybe you left it at a friend's house, but there's something particularly frustrating when you know it's in your space and you can't find it. But I believe that there was something that all of us can connect with and connect into that motivated this woman. It was something that was priceless to her. Because it wasn't just any old kind of coin. This was something that meant something to her. This was something that was given as a gift to her. It was something that was worth fighting for. It was something that was worth sweeping everywhere that she had. And guess what? That's exactly what she does during those times the way that houses were built they were very dark and 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 so she lights a candle now now for most of us we would think that yeah, and it's really pretty easy to just turn on the light and turn on all the lights and whatnot, and that's easy but for them back then they had to actually literally go down and they had to buy a candle that had wax and they had to light it and it literally cost them a lot of money to do that she is willing to invest money and time and energies so that she can do this and she gets down I can imagine she gets down on her hands and knees and begins to sweep everywhere everywhere there's a man true story his name's his name is James James Howells and James was a lover of computers he loved computers and and one day he decided that he was going to go and take up a hobby And so his hobby was, he said, man, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to try and mine for these coins called bitcoins. And he turns on his computer and he begins to mine for bitcoins. Well, he was pretty good at it. Uh, Over time, he had amassed quite a few of them. And then one day he said, well, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to sell some of these things. And so he breaks down his computer and he begins to sell it for parts and he keeps his hard drive. One day, he does some cleaning again. And then the day comes where James goes around. He says, I've been watching the news lately. And bitcoins are getting kind of valuable. Where's that hard drive? And he goes, and he's looking for his lost coins. And he goes, and he's clawing through, and then and then after a while, he realizes after plugging in drive after, drive after drive after drive after drive after drive and not finding it here and not finding it there and not finding it there. It finally dawns on him that one drive, you know what? I thought it wasn't valuable. And so I threw it away and I know when it was. And so he gets on the phone and he calls. Watch this. He calls the dump. He literally calls the landfill and says, look, a couple of years ago, I threw away a hard drive that doesn't have one, not two, not 10, not a 100, not a 1,000, not 2,000, not 3,000, not 5,000, 7,500 bitcoins on it. And some of y'all are saying, well, okay, pastor, that's cool, bitcoins. Let me give you a value that you might understand. That was valued at 80 million dollars. And he goes and he begins to petition, he says, look, 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 you know where you buried some of the stuff. Can we just get some land, uh, some, some land movers and, and some bulldozers and go through and try and find my drive? And he goes and he begs and he pleads. And as a matter of fact, I watched one video where he's standing in front of a pile of trash with dozers over there. And they said, they will not let me go and find my lost hard drive. What could you do with $80 million? But here's the thing. Life in this earth has thrown many people away to the landfills of life. And you know what God does? He goes and he seeks to find each and every one of us. Just like this woman that was there, nine of her coins are there, and she goes and she's sweeping every nook and cranny, and finally, finally, the light flickens off of that coin. And she says, I... I, I found it, I found it, and she's excited about it. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, she doesn't just keep it to herself because this is a huge deal for her. She calls a party because of this, because it had value to her. What if the church operated that way? What if the church said that that we are going to sweep every nook and cranny. We're going to go to the hood. We're going to go to the expensive places. We're going to go everywhere looking for people who have been lost. And when we find them, we throw a huge party for them. Because that's what happens in heaven. would suggest to us that perhaps there are some that are lost in the house. They're here now. They're here and they're teetering on belief. They're wondering if... If they can be found, they're wondering if they're good enough. I know a little bit about losing remotes and losing different things and, and finding them and being excited about that, but there's nothing more exciting than someone who feels as if God had given up on them and yet they realize that his love has never failed and it's never changed and it remains the same. And they all of a sudden come to this knowledge of a loving, saving Christ and they get excited about it and they want to let the world know. I believe that there's a place for in-reach in church. Because I believe that there are coins that are here. Oh yes, there's, there are those that are out there and, and over the course of these weeks we'll talk about those that are, that are on the outside that we go out and we find. But, but I'm particularly concerned about those that are on the inside that feel as if they're not valuable enough that feel as if no one really cares about them. They're struggling in their life and they're struggling to find out who it is that they are. They're wondering if they're valuable enough to be sought after, to be to, to have someone light a candle in the dark and go and sweep in the dirty, and the dark places of their life and still accept them. I love the fact that Jesus doesn't try to explain all the things about how it got lost or whatever the case is. He celebrates the fact that they are now found. Can you say amen? Rejoice with me. Rejoice and be glad. So we reach out, but there are some that are still lost In the house. Where in your life and what is happening in your space? Where you're saying, God, I I become content with nine out of ten, or maybe even eight out of ten. And there's some places, there's some places that that I know are lost. Maybe there are people that are in your families and they're in your life, and they are and they are they are lost, and they're waiting for you to come back and to say, Look, I might have not been everything that you wanted me to be. Maybe I acted more like a Pharisee than I than I needed to act, and and maybe I need to act more like Christ and say, Look, I'm coming, and I'm searching for you. And by God's grace. You will be found, but, but by any means necessary, I am going to seek until I find. That's what Jesus is doing. That's what these stories are about, salvation. Seeking the lost and finding them. Celebrating when they are found. I know it might, it might seem simple but it's harder than it seems. I was holding this ring, and I'll close with this story. I remember I was playing volleyball on the beach, and I went to go and hit it, the ball, and as I hit it, it flew off and fell into the sand. And I can remember at that point that everybody stopped, And they began to look through the sand to try to help me to find it. And we looked for 10 minutes, and we looked for 15 minutes. About 20 minutes, they wanted to start the game again, and so they started the game again. But when the game was over, I went back and I was looking through the sand. And I began to dig, and I know what it's like to search through sand. And each and every time, I would dig my hands deep and lift it up. Nothing. One hour passed, nothing. Somebody came over and said, Well, 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 Pastor, maybe, maybe you can get a metal detector and you can come down tomorrow and you can come and look for it. I said, No, I need to find this right now. And some others came over and they began to look at the, di- in the distance and they, and they said, Man, look at him. He's all by himself. And then they would turn around and take another bite of watermelon. Two hours passed and I was still digging there. Three hours passed and it was there. and And I was digging there for so long, I did not realize that I didn't even have a shirt on. And that my skin was baking in the sun. And finally, after nearly four hours of going around and sliding my hands through, I'll never forget the moment where I dug through and I found it. And I jumped up to my feet and I yelled at the top of my lungs, I found it! And I ran over and they said, I can't believe, I can't believe, they! I, I can't believe. And the next day, I couldn't believe how raw my back was. <laughs> but when you really want it, you'll do whatever it takes to find it. She had one mission in her life. At that point, when she realized that one of her 10 was gone. She went back, and she found it in the house. Now, as our musicians can come and they can begin to play for just a few moments, and I know that some take an opportunity I want to invite you to stay, because we've done this for a few times, and I want to do it again this week, where where we talk a little bit with one another in groups about what it is that we've heard about this story, about what encouraged you, what challenged you, and how you will apply what it is that you've heard. And I want you to take a moment. I want you to take a moment, and I want you to think about what exactly is this scripture, is this story calling and asking of you? As many of us as possible, I know that some might, might even want to take time to leave, but I've heard some great, some great testimonies about those that have built some community, around this time. Here's the last point as we prepare to break up into small groups and to share with this God, the woman who was looking for, in the story, I, I see it as God. The necklace that those 10 things were on was the community. The only way one of those coins could go missing is if at some point in time, One of the links in the chain was broken. How do things become lost in the house? A link in the chain is broken. Perhaps they become discouraged. Perhaps someone says something that that frustrates them. Perhaps they become upset about it. Perhaps God doesn't move in the way that they want him to. And for some reason, they become discouraged. And so the chain is broken. And it slips off and it's not as valuable as it once was. Where are the broken chains, the broken links in your life? Where are the lost coins in your life? We pray that this message has been a blessing to you, so much so that you would be willing to share it as a witness. As always, thank you again for joining us And tune in weekly for more inspirational messages that will prayerfully give you a more intimate relationship with God.